Hey, I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for downloading. This time, what it's like being freelance for voiceover and audio producer Stevie Cripps. You're running a business. That is the most important thing. And if you don't have that mindset, then you're not going to succeed. If you get a thought in your head, grow that thought and throw some time at it and, and, and give it a go. Don't walk away from it. Don't turn your back on it and, and think you can never do it. You don't have accountability to anyone other than yourself. And that can be really tough. So we've got Stevie Cripps, who's a voiceover artist and audio imaging producer. Hey, Stevie. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I think this might be weird for people who might be really into their dance music. Why is that then? They're going to hear your voice and they'll be trying to place you, trying to place you for the next 30 minutes. Uh, so maybe we'll put them out of their uh, misery uh, pretty quickly. Because um, we always start by chatting about how you got started, really, being freelance. Shortcut is, um, yeah, one minute I'm a locksmith, next minute I'm working in radio, and next minute I'm the uh, station voice of Radio 1. And it, it's kind of, there's a lot in between, but that's kind of... You were a locksmith? I was, yeah. I left school um, in sixth form after flunking. At that point, I was about to go to do some um, work experience, work as you do. And I ended up not doing what I wanted to do. And that was to work at a radio station purely because they didn't get back to me. And in the last minute rush to find something, uh, my uncle, who's a locksmith, said, I'll take you on for a couple of weeks. And I discovered that I could (laughs) open locks in about seven seconds flat. And uh, that kind of took me in that direction. Yes, but um, radio was actually my saviour and um, the the shop that I worked in was in this very, very quiet place in Dorset. It was full of old people, very dull. But radio was my link to the world and I listened to it every day, religiously. Yeah, one day my dad came in and said, oh, there's a job going at uh, the local radio station and uh, I think you should go for it. And I was like, yeah. I knew nothing about studios or studio equipment. Went straight down to the library, bought some books about studio gear, read up. Um, just sat daydreaming about working in studios and I could imagine myself being in a studio telling people what to do, you know, the, the producing kind of thing. And um, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, uh, did my application form for me because I'm terrible at forms. And yeah, I managed to get a, an interview and um, consequently the job. And that was the beginning of my radio career. That was back in 1992. Wow. So, so you were working as a producer there? Uh, my first job was as an audio assistant, so I was basically um, sending audio around the what was the GWR network, which is a small amount of stations, which is now global. And uh, yeah, so it, it was more of a sort of like a technician and uh, using ISDN to send audio around this this small network. And uh, eventually, uh, you know, it got bigger, and um, I got promoted from that role to commercial producer. Yeah, so that's the point that I started doing, uh, you know, radio production. Uh, got massively into it, loved it. So you kind of learn on the job quite a lot there. Massively, I had no formal training whatsoever. It was all just hands on, in at the deep end, and and crack on. But I had such a passion for uh, the uh, the knobs and buttons and switches and stuff and sound audio that uh, it came quite easy to me because of that passion, you know. So you moved to a production company, didn't you, in London? I did, yes. Uh, During my time at uh, the local radio station, I met a guy called Charlie Brook, who worked at uh, Isle of Wight Radio. And he was good friends with a guy called Bill Padley, who worked 
with a guy called Mark Goodyear. They owned a company called Wise Buddha. And um, I was due to go for an interview at Radio 1. And while I was going for that interview, they asked if I would like to go up and uh, talk to them as well. And that's what I did. And I didn't get the job at Radio 1, but I got a job at Wise Buddha. And that took me uh, into a whole different um, <laughs> career path. Working with my dance heroes, you know. I've, one minute I'm I'm a small town, you know, boy working at a local radio station. Next minute I'm working with um, the likes of Pete Tong and Trevor Nelson and Judge Jules. And yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was an interesting time. So, how long were you there? Was it after that that you went freelance? Yeah, so I was at Wise Buddha for five years. While I was there, I learnt more about sort of like station imaging and music production. Um, so I basically cut my teeth completely at Wise Buddha. Then in 2002, I decided to go freelance, wanted to pursue the voiceover career. And uh, yes, so I, I left them. And then I began working with a company called Trust the DJ and I was doing audio imaging for them for their dance DJs so people like Carl Cox and alongside I was um, doing more voiceover work um, and at that point I'd actually got the gig at Radio 1 as the station voice so that pushed me up into the uh, the voice realm um, along with bagging a London agent and uh, doing TV radio advertising so it's so insane, isn't it? You were the voice of Radio One for for quite a while yeah, as well. well. At some point, a long time ago, I think it was yeah, it was my ten year anniversary. Um, uh, oh my goodness me! I started in, I was the station voice when Chris Moyle started. So yeah, good, good twelve years ago that was. Now I think I started so two thousand three to two thousand five. I was station voice. So, so how was it making that transition into? being freelance because it sounds like you probably had a pretty good gig where you were as you say working with heroes and stuff yeah I mean I, I'd, I'd learned that actually <clears throat> throughout life uh, I'd seen markers um, life markers which gave me that drive to push on and, and do things and, and throw myself into the net it's such a difficult thing but I think it's very important that if you get a feeling that you want to do something you follow it through you at least give it some thought don't go oh that'll be good and then leave it you know if if you get a thought in your head grow that thought and throw some time at it and give it a go don't walk away from it don't turn your back on it and and think you can never do it because you think you never do it you won't ever do it give it a go throw yourself into it and that's what I did you know with getting into radio in the first place and then going freelance from being in a full-time employed job it did help that my um partner at the time was an actress and was earning a stack load of money. So kind of that transition, I probably, you, don't, you probably don't want me to tell you this, but it kind of <laughs> helped because I had a bit of support while I was making that transition. Yeah. Um, so props uh, to Emma for that. But yeah, no, if you, if, if you want to do something, if you have a dream, and it sounds really corny, but you've got to throw you all at it and you've just got to crack on and do it. Don't fester in the corner with all your other ideas. Crack on, definitely. So now, as a freelancer, you're you're doing what? Audio imaging and voiceovers? I own a company now, which is called 66 Sound. That company does dance imaging for the world's biggest DJs. So um, in the last few weeks, I've done uh, production for a guy called Tiesto. Um, I'm about to start a project for Carl Cox. 
I also do stuff for Armin van Buren, um, Sander van Dorn, uh, Paul Oakenfeld. The list goes on. I won't. I won't bore you. But yeah. So, so some that, of this that, is imaging they use within their sets, and some is like on the yeah. Some of it's within shows. their live sets. Uh, some of it is for their radio shows and podcasts. And sixty six sound. I mean, it does a whole array of production, but it it specialises in that specific sector. It's also the uh, the umbrella brand for my voiceover work. So as I'm as a voiceover, uh, Stevie Cripps, I have my own website and um, I have another line of work, uh, which is imaging. I do imaging for radio stations, but I also do TV and radio commercials and corporate presentations as well. So, you know, I've got a few fingers in different pies, so to speak. So it sounds like you had a pretty natural niche at first, but equally that you've broadened it out. Yeah, I've embraced all things within broadcast which I absolutely love I love sound design and I love dance music so those kind of things have all kind of like you know grouped together for 66 sound Um, and equally I love voiceover work because you never know what what you're going to get next I I appreciate that you know there's it's, it's a double edged sword and and being a freelancer you never know when the next job's going to come in and there has been some very tough times and um with the way that radio's going now and the amount of voiceovers there are out there now it's a very different beast to how it was 10 years ago but I still love it just as much and I love imaging it's just my favorite thing in all the world and I would love to be just spending days and days coming into the studio and, you know, banging out liners. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great work. So you have a studio, do you? Do you work from home? Yes, yes. I have a, a studio in the grounds of my, my home, which has a, uh, has a control room and a separate voice booth, which I'm speaking to you from now. It's not a big facility. I don't do band recording or, or anything like that. You know, it's just in my back garden, so I'm around for the family and stuff if, uh, if I need to be. So actually, yeah, let's chat about that, because how do you cope being a home worker? I guess having your own space must be a bonus. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, there are benefits, there are cons as well, <laughs> being that... Uh, I work a lot by myself, despite talking to people down the line for, you know, voiceover jobs and stuff. It's quite a solitary existence at points. And um, also very tempting to uh, just like, you know, nip into the house, grab another cup of coffee or, you know, lunchtime, I'll sit down and watch the TV and all that. But um, you kind of go through a phase of doing that. And then if you're busy working, then you don't get the opportunity to do that. You just crack on. And I don't feel tempted to come in either. Uh, out of hours you know I know that this is my workplace this is where I do my job and yeah my wife would kill me anyway to be honest (laughs) (laughs) how about keeping on top of productivity you know like actually getting stuff done yeah again this is um one of the um trials and tribulations of being a um a freelancer you are your own person you only hold yourself accountable and I must admit, I have struggled at points. And recently, actually, I've just taken on a mentor to um, give me that extra bit of um, something that keeps me in line on a daily basis. I try to remain as structured as I can, but I I can waver off course. And it, it's such a tough thing not 
it's to lose your way at points because you've got no one telling you what to do or saying what's right and what's wrong. Um, it's really, really tough. I just say that to get over that, the best thing to do is to actually have some processes written down and have a timetable. If it's stuff that you kind of have to do at one point in the week, get a time for it, get it locked into the diary and make sure you honour that as you would a date or a doctor's appointment. It's very important. It's that structural element. I can't say enough how how important that is. So once you've got that locked into the diary and you'll be surprised about how many things that you can think of that you need to get done and locked in, it fills your diary up. And then when your diary starts feeling full, that's when more work starts coming in because you know, you've, you've got things booked in. It's, it's a weird thing, but it, you know, it does work. Yeah. It's very, very important. Very important. It's interesting. You said you've got a mentor. So how's, how's that work? So, um, Stephanie is, um, a lady who is a local, uh, entrepreneur and she has signed up to a scheme called doormen, which I think is local to Dorset. They provide mentors for people like myself who want to do better in business and maximise potential. So they're not an advisory. They don't sit there and tell you what to do. You don't say to them, well, I need this. And they say, well, you need to do that. Yeah, they make you think about things and, and they assist you in that whole process of, of working through things to get to a, the conclusion that you need. Cool. And how are you finding that? Uh, yeah, fantastic. I'm, I used them um, a few years ago uh, when I was struggling with things, um, particularly uh, with the recession that we had because it seriously hit the the advertising market and I was finding that um, my earnings were just being slashed because of it. So I turned to doormen who gave me support and yeah, that support got me through some of the, the, the tougher times. Um, this time, it's not about um, financial issues. It's more about getting me into the direction that I really want to be in. I just need that extra bit of a hand to sort of lift me up to that, that higher ground. And it's going really well. And um, I'm getting stuff done. I'm, I'm doing what I'm told. You know, <laughs> That's interesting. That's really interesting. That, that uh, Yeah, that being accountable. Yeah, because you don't have accountability to anyone other than yourself. And that can be really tough. You know, you've got to tell yourself what to do and, and when to do it. I mean, running your own business and doing things for yourself, it's tough. People don't realise that how much of a mental strain it is because, you know, you're running a business. I mean, when I first got into doing voiceovers, it was kind of like, great, you know, people dial me up and I do these voiceovers, it's great, yeah. And But no, after all that, you've got all the paperwork to do and, and then you've got all your marketing to take care of. And, and now with social media, you've got to be tweeting all the time. And, you know, so... You're balancing fire sticks and spinning plates and, and juggling knives and, and you're doing it all at the same time. And um, to be an effective business, you have to be good at it all. You can't be just a good voiceover because that doesn't bring the money in when people don't pay. You know, you've got to be a master of credit control. You've got to be a whiz at Excel. When you do your jobs, you've got to make notes. Otherwise, you you know, you forget things. And it's, it's a tough job. It's a tough job being a freelancer. People don't realise it. Um, and, and those that are being freelancers and don't realise it, well, I don't know how successful they're going to be. 
you know, you're running a business. That is the most important thing. And if you don't have that mindset, then you're not going to succeed, I don't think. You need all those attributes. Or if you're making, you know, a good crust from what you're doing, then, you know, you're paying people to do it for you. You mentioned there quite a few sort of tough times and financial challenges and stuff. How do you find dealing with your finances? Have you gone from somewhere where you've, you know, you found a system to put in place, like you said, like getting getting paid for starters or saving or mm. paying yourself when you should be on holiday and all those kind of things? Yeah, it's a challenge. I'm no bookkeeper, but my wife is a director of the company and she takes care of the the day-to-day running of the financial side of things now so that kind of takes the burden off but to be honest I also use a piece of software called free agent which is just awesome and it basically takes all the heat out of the accounting business because my process is that when I do a script I get straight onto free agent um, log in and then I put the details of the job into the invoice and then that's it it's ready to go at the end of the month I just have to hit a button to send the invoices out and this piece of software also links up with my bank account and doing reconciliation uh, is again it's just like clicking buttons it's just you know there's no looking through spreadsheets there's no like going through receipts and things because you can put those all in live and it all goes into one system so it all correlates it's a fantastic piece of software so um for anybody that's um that needs all of that in one place then that is definitely the the software to have you mentioned marketing as well uh Mm. how have you gone about getting the work well i'm a bit lazy and (laughs) um you know to be honest and i'm not great at marketing it's one of those things that I know I should do, um, but most of my work comes from word of mouth, to be honest. It's um, certainly a lot of uh, the 66 sound work. But saying that, I have a presence on social media. I, I've just got so tired of all this SEO stuff that's going on. Everyone's <laughs> saying you've got to do this on your website and you've got to do that on your website. And I think there's a lot to be said for just like talking to people you know, networking and, you know, just picking up the phone. I think that's a great idea. But people are being brainwashed into thinking that having the best ever website is the thing. There's a lot of pressure on you for having a website that does the all singing, all dancing SEO thing. I think personally, although it's great to have a window to your work, it shouldn't be, you know, what you would think would be your advertising or your marketing or your first port of call because it's a big place out there. The internet's huge and to be found now and to be on top of the pile is, it, you know, it's really tough. I, I just don't think you should be spending your money on doing that. You should do the bare minimum, but I think you should yeah, use social networks. But I think there's a lot to be said for direct marketing as well. If you know your your target market, sending direct mail is a very effective way of, of reaching out to these people. So, you know... It's different horses for different courses, but that's my personal view anyway. In which way do you use direct mail? Not just a Christmas card to Carl Cox. I mean, like... Yeah, well, quite interestingly, actually, I'd um, helped organise a, a conference for voiceovers, and for that conference, I had a load of lip balms uh, created with my uh, with my logo on, and um, <laughs> wording which was, you know, um, get some Stevie Crips on your lips. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that sort of marketing, fantastic. 
things like that make a big impact. So, you know, physical um, and direct mail, I, th- I think, is um, still a great thing to do. There's not many people that do it now, so I think that will make even more of an impact. Yeah, yeah, nice. So would you say that's the biggest sort of challenge challenges has been the financial side of it? No, no. The biggest challenge has been running your own business wholesale. I, I think it's just as a freelancer, the buck stops with you. And if you're not in the right mindset and you don't have respect for what you're trying to achieve, then it makes things tough. And not knowing when the next buck's going to come in, I think that's pressure. But really, if you're being effective in your day-to-day business, then that shouldn't be a problem. You should be busy all the time. Okay. Uh, Now, can you tell me three facts about yourself or your career? Make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. Uh, Okay, how do I words? During my days at Wise Buddha, a very famous pop star thought that I was proposing to her. Okay. Um, In my locksmithing days, I'd actually opened a car boot with a knife and fork. (laughs) And I once did a voiceover in the toilet. Right, okay. Why did the singer think you were proposing to them? Like, you you on one knee? What was the... I was at a studio where they had lots of stairs and I had to run down from the top of the studios down to the basement and... By the time I got to the bottom, I was absolutely exhausted and I ran into the booth where that uh, person was and fell to my knees, at which point the lady said, oh, you're proposing to me. (laughs) And I think my words were, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) You you opened a car door with a knife and fork. I opened a car door with a knife and fork. I was so desperate to open my car up that I used a knife and fork to do it. Don't try this at home, kids. You did a voiceover in a toilet. Why would you do a voiceover in a toilet? Uh, could- because it was the only place I could record. It was the only quiet place? Yeah, it was a, It was a bit echoey. Yeah, they are. That's why... Why would you... Oh, okay. You... Uh, you... I don't think you've done a voiceover in a toilet because the acoustics would be appalling. <laughs> Unless you, like, mummified yourself in toilet paper or something like that. I reckon it's that one. I don't. I don't want to imagine what other soft furnishings you could put around a toilet at short notice. Yeah, no, so, no, you're right. That is completely false. Only because I just could not think of anything yes! else to say, which is false. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, who was the celebrity then? Kylie Minogue. Kylie. <sighs> yeah, you wish you were right. Um, she was a, she, honestly. She was such a lovely girl. She really was. I, you know, she's such a great laugh. By the time I got down, I was all hot and sweaty as well, so I wasn't really looking my best, but she was very pleasant, very polite. Okay, excellent. Is there one thing you could tell your younger self about being freelance? What would it be? One thing, just remain focused on what it is that you really, really want to do and stick with it. Don't don't waver, because when you start wavering around and you start faffing about, you, you're not effective as a freelancer. Um, and, you know... <laughs> You know, might not apply to most freelancers, but for me, you know, being a creative, you know, I get all these crazy ideas and then I start following them and then I start thinking, oh, do I really need to be doing this? And then I just get lost in it all. So have processes, have structure and remain focused. That's what I would say to myself. Nice. Um, Thank you so much. How can people find you online? 
They can find me at steviecrips.com. That's S-T-E-V-I-E-C-R-I-P-P-S.com. Uh, for voiceover work and for the imaging work and production, go to 66sound, and that's words, not numbers, 66sound.com. As ever, we put links to stuff we've been talking about at beingfreelance.com, so you can go and check out that, as along with loads of other guests as well in various different fields. Um, but, Stevie, really good chatting to you, and best of luck being freelance. Thank you, buddy. It's an amazing life. <laughs> it's such a good voice over voice. Do you just find yourself slipping into it when you um you can't help it, I notice, when you're doing URLs. It's just yeah, like, I, I com, guess it's dot com. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do one that goes up and one that goes down. And you can pick. Yeah, exactly. I said to you earlier that my favourite job was imaging and um I think it's because I I love doing that kind of this is fire kind of thing. You know? <laughs> This I love, is being I love freelance. Being moody. Yes, yeah. This is being freelance. Well, that's nice. We'll we'll, uh, we'll cut that out and use that when we release our own meditative tapes somewhere down the line. <laughs> yes, you will be freelance. You are being freelance. <laughs> right, I'll make a note. I know I need to stay focused and everything. But exactly, focus, tapes. focus, focus. Come on. If you've only just discovered being freelance, then you may have missed... All people want is to know, like and trust you. Once people know, like and trust you, they'll buy from you, people by people. You know, when most people say, oh, you know, Elance is for cheapskates and it's all penny award crap and whatever, my experience hasn't only not been that. It's been the complete opposite of that. So I wrote a little tweet and said, uh, I'm a front-end developer and I'm now available. Link my CV to it. That got me 30,000 impressions, 500 people that landed on my CV that would not have landed on my CV if it was not for it. Anytime I'm approached to work with someone or to do something, I have to ask myself, will this help or hinder the path that I want to be on? If I answer no, if it doesn't actually help me to achieve my goals, then I need to kind of deprioritize that or I need to say no. Find loads of great interviews at beingfreelance.com and of course, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Please share it with other freelancers or those thinking of going that way. And thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a great week being freelance. You are being freelance.